The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of on-demand audio for the whole family. Your kids or grandkids can listen to the popular radio drama Adventures in Odyssey and two-minute Bible stories called Quick Sticks whenever it suits you. Whether you're in the car for a few minutes or for a longer trip, these two programs will keep the kids entertained. New episodes are added every weekday in the free Vision Christian Media app. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. Over the last 50 years, the church has just been exploding exponentially in China. There was a, around about a million Christians in the early 1950s in China. And through these last 50 years, the church has been under intense persecution, but that has just made it grow even greater. And now there's reports of the church being at over 100 million believers. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, we hear a lot of stories about what is happening regarding Christianity in China, and it's hard to know at times which ones are accurate. Today, we'll get a first-hand account from an Australian missionary named James, who's been there for over five years. He'll share his story and let us know how the Lord is moving in that country. James is chatting with Shelley Scull. James, it's an amazing thing you're doing. You've been in China for a number of years. What has been your role there? Hi, Shelley. Yeah, it's great to be on the air. Uh, I've been in China about five years now. Uh, my main role is in a coaching and mentoring role, helping to train Chinese to go out as missionaries to other countries. Right. So I guess we tend to think of yourself as being a missionary, but you're just training more missionaries to get back to the rest of the world. But I'm sure, you know, obviously having an impact there in China as well. Well, yeah, uh, I, I live in China. So obviously wherever I am, I'm, I'm trying to be an influence for the gospel and mm. try to share and, and bring people to Christ. Which we all should actually... be doing here in our own backyard in Australia as well. We all need to have that perspective. That's right, that's right. Uh, but my main role is not actually in myself uh, bringing people to Christ, but in training Chinese to go out and leave their own countries and go to some of the most darkest and uh, most uh, needy countries around the world and, and see them go and bring the gospel there. Is that a bit of a desire of Christians in China then? Because uh, the, the church is so underground there. Do they have a bit of a desire to get out of that um, oppression, I guess, and get into the rest of the world and be able to speak so freely about the gospel? Yeah, definitely. Um, of course, for many, many Chinese, they're needing to meet in secret, mm. needing to have their churches in, in people's houses or in or in, uh, in some kind of location that where it's secret from the government. So to take Chinese out to a nation like Australia or a nation even like India where there's less, less persecution or uh, it's tremendously liberating for them and many of them, you know, they, they express such uh, a freedom being able to sing and, and, and pray and, and, and be out loud and, you know, it's, it's really exciting for them. 
it really is freedoms that we just take for granted here in Australia, that we can have our churches, we can have our carols by candlelight meets, we can have prayers at the start of the V8 supercars, we can just be so out about our faith. We can carry a Bible with us, we can carry Christian material, uh, we can even own it in our own home. It's things that we take for granted that millions of people in China don't have the luxury of doing. Yeah, it's really something that you don't, until you live in China or live in a nation like that, you you don't really appreciate. Mm. So I'm here in Australia right now and and, uh, it's been amazing just to be able to go to church and and meet in a big public space and and be able to be as loud as I want, you know, when I'm praying or or worshipping. It's really amazing. Yeah. Wow, it really is freedoms that we take for granted. So tell us about what's going on in the church over there. We do hear so many uh, stories and you don't know how much is true. And of course, they can't really quantify exactly what's going on. You have a bit more of an idea of what's going on, though. Um, what is going on in the church in China? Well, Shelley, it's very exciting what's happening in China. Uh, over the last 50 years, the church has just been exploding exponentially in China. Uh, there was a, around about a million Christians in the early 1950s in China. And through these last 50 years, the church has been under intense persecution, but that has just made it grow even greater. And, and God's done a lot of miracles and, and signs and wonders. And now there's reports of the church being over 100 million believers throughout China and, and possibly approaching 160 million. So the church in China has just grown so much. Wow. And this church is being established everywhere. You're meeting Christians and uh, persecution is, is uh, gradually declining. It's become more open in certain areas. So it's yeah. very exciting what God's doing. When you say there's somewhere between 100 and 160 million uh, Christians there, that's still a relatively small percentage, isn't it, of the population, though? Or I'm t- what is the population? It's about a billion, is it, that live there? The population of China is about 1.3 billion. Okay. Well, so, so there you go. You're, you're approaching Christians 10%. Now, you're around 10% of the population. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. 10%. Wow. That is amazing. What an incredible growth. And uh, to think, as you say, it's all happening under that uh, fairly intense persecution. Tell us about the Back to Jerusalem movement. Well, the Back to Jerusalem movement was something that began about 80 years ago. There were a group of Chinese believers who believed that God had spoken to them to take the gospel outside of China along the ancient Silk Route, uh, through those nations, min- Muslim, Hindu, and Buddhist nations, between China and Jerusalem. And so they set out and, and they began to preach the gospel and plant churches westward. And they had finally reached the westward border of China under really intense persecution and suffering and hardships. And then just as they were about ready to leave China and go into Kazakhstan, they the... Communist Party came to power in 1949 and they were all arrested and, and thrown in prison. And many of them were in prison until they died. Uh, but there was one man who, who survived and, and when he was released, he was in his 
late 80s, but he still had this burning passion for Chinese to go out as missionaries to the nations. And so in the last 10, 20 years, this Back to Jerusalem movement has really become the war cry of the underground church in China. And the underground church, they have this vision from God to send out one million Chinese Christians as missionaries to the nations of the 1040 window between China and Jerusalem. Wow, that really is an an exciting thought to think uh, that they can get out and evangelize the rest of the world and, as you say, take advantage of the freedom of other countries to be able to share their faith as well. And it does make sense that they can get out and do it too. James, you just had a really exciting trip where you took a bunch of these young missionaries into India and Nepal. What happened there? Well, Shelley, it was really amazing. We were in some very remote parts of Nepal, some very uh, intensely Hindu idol-worshipping part of Nepal where there was not a lot of gospel penetration. And so we took a team of, of young Chinese Christians and we took them into places where people had never heard the gospel and these Chinese believers began to preach the gospel and they began to heal the sick and many, many Hindus were coming to know Jesus as their saviour. Just uh, one story, uh, there was uh, one day uh, my team came across a man who was paralysed. He had been laying on a cot outside his shack uh, and he'd been in that condition for uh, many years. And so when they saw him, uh, one of the Chinese believers came up to him and through an interpreter asked him if he would like to be healed. And the man said, yes, I would really like to be healed. Uh, and so they began to pray for him and they began to lay hands upon him and they began to pray uh, in Chinese. And they prayed, and then he felt his leg began to have some feeling in his leg, and he hadn't had any feeling in that leg for over six years. Wow. So they continued to pray for him, and he said, if I get healed, I will become a Christian. And then they prayed for him, and they came back the next day and prayed for him some more, and then he began to walk. Uh, And, yeah, Jesus did a miracle, and he gave his life to Jesus just there. Wow, so exciting to see those um, very tangible signs and wonders and obviously having the intended outcome too, that he was able to put his faith and trust in God after seeing uh, God's hand of healing in his life. Yeah. So, I mean, this is God's heart. He wants to touch the nations. Mm. He wants to heal people. He wants to set people free. Uh, God doesn't care if you're a Christian or a Muslim or a Hindu. He just loves you and wants all to come to him. So it's amazing to see these Chinese believers uh, just really step out there and begin to declare the promises of God and, and see God's signs and wonders begin to follow. Yeah, it must have been exciting for those uh, Chinese believers to see that too. It would have been a real faith-building time for them as well. Yeah, it was too. Um, many of these young believers had never shared their faith uh, outside of China before. And so to take them down to India, uh, in Kolkata, some of the slums, uh, it was very eye-opening for them as well. Yes, I'm sure. Uh, it's, it's, well, isn't our world a wonderful place? The uh, the variety of different cultures and everything, uh, seeing them all <coughs> melding together, it really is amazing. 
You're listening to The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with James, an Australian missionary to China who's giving us some insights into what is happening spiritually in that country. Next, we'll find out more of the exciting developments for Christians in China, and we'll also find out more about James's personal ministry. All that when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401-132-888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. Today, Shelley Scowen is chatting with James, an Australian missionary of China who's sharing his story and also giving us some insights into what is happening spiritually in that country. Next, we'll hear more about China in general, but also on a personal level, James will let us know about his Chinese wife, Jessica, and some of the challenges they face having a cross-cultural marriage. You yourself actually are doing a bit of a cross-cultural thing as well. You recently got married to a Chinese girl. So did you have a cross-cultural wedding or how did that happen? Uh, yes. Uh, my wife, Jessica, we got married about three months ago. Wow, congratulations. So we got married in China and we had Chinese people there and my family from Australia came up and so it was a real, uh, real blending of the cultures. It was lovely. I'm sure. So you did it all Chinese style, did you? Uh, we we kind of combined the two. We had like a Chinese style wedding banquet, but we also had a uh, you know a Christian uh, you know wedding service with bows and rings and and things like that. So yeah, we had a good we had a pretty good mix, I think. Nice, nice. It's uh, is very interesting in that the cultures are just so different. Has it uh, had any, uh, I guess, ramifications for you? Oh yeah, my wife and I we've we've been working uh, working through things. Yeah, as you do in yeah, the first few so years of marriage. Having, yeah. having lots of good chats yeah. about the way things should be done, and um, yeah. yeah, obviously we come from very different backgrounds and different languages and different ways of. Uh, you know, doing things. Yeah. So, so it's been fun. Wow! All of that added to just the normal, um, I guess, pressures of those early years of marriage of getting to know each other and finding out that they squeeze the toothpaste the wrong way and they put the toilet paper under instead of over and all of those things as well. So, yeah, lots of challenges for you there. Yeah, it's been really wonderful bringing bringing my wife to Australia and, yeah. and she's she's been having an absolute ball getting to visit Australian churches and, and see how, how we do things here in, in Australia and yeah. having some meat pies and, and Vegemite and wheat, wheat bix. <laughs> You're giving her the full initiation. That's good. Proud of you. It must be a joy for you to be able to serve alongside her as well now. You're a team now and you're really able to um, impact for God. Yeah, it is. And uh, I, I really believe that it's important not just to teach something, or, or or talk about something, but you have to live it first. So for me, my my role is is to disciple Chinese to go cross culturally, to go to other nations and learn other cultures and learn other languages. So I model that personally in my family, in in my in my life, and I just say basically come and come and follow me as I as I follow Christ. But James, this is a fairly ad- big adventure for you over in China. Um, we know the um, oppression that exists there. 
And I guess it's something that not that many of us would aspire to go and be a part of. Maybe there, I know there are many around Australia that do, but I think there's probably a lot like me that just go, oh, I'll go anywhere, but not the places where there's persecution. It's too hard. What was it that... I guess, spark something in you to get out there and do the things that God is calling you to do? Um, Well, Shirley, I became a believer uh, when I was 17. I grew up in quite a non-religious, typical Aussie family. Uh, And as I began to read the Bible and and began to hear testimonies uh, of of what God, God's heart for the nations and God's heart for the lost, uh, it began to stir something deep in my heart. And uh, it, it came to the point where a couple of years later, I was sitting in my university lecture class and I was listening to the lecturer talking about uh, whatever he was talking about. But my mind was somewhere else and I was thinking, I just kept feeling God's burden for souls and his burden for nations that had never heard his name. And I was thinking about how the Lord had really rescued me and, and brought me out of such darkness and, and how there were so many millions, even billions, who, who haven't had the opportunity to, to know who he is. So that day I was, I was sitting there and listening to the lecture going on and on and I was thinking, oh, you know, why is this important? You know, why, why am I learning about this? You know, just doing the normal things that was expected of me, but, but God has such a heart for the nations and and I've got to go and do something about that. So, so Shelley, basically from that, from that moment, I really just felt like I just needed to go. I needed to go somewhere. I didn't know anything about China. I didn't know anything. I, I, I didn't have any particular nation in mind. But I just knew that I just wanted to serve God and wanted to just give myself to him in any way that I could to help people to, to know him. You make it sound so simple, <laughs> just sitting there and I all of a sudden make it, made a decision. But it's not easy to leave everything in Australia behind. Uh, there, like we've talked about, the freedoms that you enjoyed in Australia, but it's the family and the friends, the church, the connections, the normal job to go on this wild adventure for God. Was there some apprehension in there or were you just completely, let's do it? Um, I guess it would be something that had been building for a while. But I remember just reading the book of Acts and reading about Paul and Barnabas going off on their missionary journeys and, and really, I guess for me that was really attractive to me. I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm just a bit of a wild one, but, but that, <laughs> there wasn't a lot of apprehension. I, I was more just I wanted to go, but uh, but I didn't really know how or where. Mm. I think that's one of the ways that God does guide us, though. He puts those passions inside us. And so it's not, uh, sometimes it is he has to really drag us places almost against our will. But I think a lot of the time he does put that passion inside our hearts so that then when he does say, all right, now's the time you need to go to China, you go, okay, God, that's awesome. Let's go. Uh, he, he already has prepared our heart for it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I guess just uh, being obedient to God's call is the next thing too. And I guess that's one of the things you're working with with the Chinese people that you're training to be obedient to God's call on their lives as well. Yeah, absolutely, Shelley. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're Chinese or Australian or, or, or African or Korean. Everybody has got a call from God. And whether your call is 
to be on the radio and, and reaching out to people through radio or, or to work in a bank and to be excellent at what you do there or, or to go to Iran and, and lay down your life there. We all just have to fulfill what God's call is for us. And I think for many people, they think that if they would obey God, they would, they would lose a lot and, and it would be really terrible and they can just imagine, oh, I'd be living in some mud hut in the middle of Africa somewhere. But actually, what we forget is that God is actually really good and he, when he tells us to do something, it'll be the best thing and that'll be the thing we love the most. Mm. So for me, when I, when I moved to China uh, in 2010, uh, yeah, there were challenges. Yeah, there were struggles. I couldn't speak the language. I couldn't read anything. I couldn't even buy stuff at the supermarket on my own. Oh, no. uh, but God just gave me such a love and, a, and such a, a desire to see Chinese people know him that for me, it, it doesn't feel, I don't feel like I've given up anything. Mm. I feel like I've gained so much. Yeah. And that's the way it is, hey? We follow God's leading and he provides all of that stuff. And uh, yeah, we do gain so much from being in the center of his will for us. Amen. Absolutely. Well, James, what an encouraging conversation just to hear a young bloke like yourself just following God and doing the things that he is asking you to do and seeing an amazing result too. Of course, uh, training up these missionaries, your impact is going to end up being exponential really because you're training these guys. They're going out into the rest of the world and uh, the stories, the fruit that comes as a result of your work, you're only ever going to learn once you get to heaven. Just an exciting prospect to think of the people that will be saved as a result of what you're doing there. Absolutely, Shelley. I, I feel like I just wind them up and point them in the right direction and off they go. Yeah. You know, and then they're the ones they're the ones doing it. And uh, really for me to see them go and see them really get a heart for nations, that's that's so special to me and, and I wouldn't trade that for all the money in the world, Shelley. Yeah. Oh, it's a great way to leave a legacy on this world. James, thanks so much for having a chat with us this morning. It's been really encouraging and I dare say quite challenging as well. Thanks so much. No worries. That was Shelley Scowen chatting with James, an Australian missionary to China who's serving there along with his Chinese wife, Jessica. It was great to hear his enthusiasm and heart for reaching people in the nation of China. As we heard, he left everything to be obedient to the Lord and go on a wild adventure for God. And it sounds like his cup is being filled to overflowing. As Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Well, thanks for joining us for James's encouraging and challenging story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. Eight years ago, the Centre for Public Christianity was involved in a, a pretty large debate, a secular debate. And the topic of the debate was we'd be better off without religion. And overwhelmingly, we lost the debate. <laughs> this particular audience of, uh, I don't know, 1,800 people in the room, and uh, it was broadcast via the ABC, overwhelmingly, the people in the room voted that we would be better off without Christianity. Dr. John Dixon is from the Centre for Public Christianity, and he and his colleagues have detected that many people in secular society have an overwhelmingly negative view of the Christian faith and 
are largely unaware of the many positive contributions that people of faith have made over the years. John will help set the record straight and will share many of the positive stories of Christianity next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.